0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a new edition of Pod by the Bay, proudly presented by the Bay Area Examiner. I'm your host, Nathan Bond, joined alongside me as always, Seth Varnador. And sub it in for Robert Steed tonight, Nick Simon of DraftKings Nation. Network. 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 God. Yeah. I, I, I have to remind. Why did y'all change? It's,
1: it's it. been a couple months and I still, it's like, ah, oh, it's network now. <laughs> network.
0: Man, the Louise. DraftKings Network. I just want to say Um, I nail it
2: every time on the blog, Baron. You
0: do. And I am always Ron Burgundy. Uh,
2: (laughs) That word, maybe?
0: (laughs) Um, We're here. uh, USF played a football game. It was pretty exciting for about three quarters. And then uh, the wheels fell off as your South Florida Bulls fall 59 to 50 at Memphis. um, The bright side, right? Uh, The line was what? 13, 14 and a half. I think it was, I think it ended at 13 and a
3: half. So good teams win, great teams cover. So there's, there's one thing. Um, Byron Brown
0: threw 300, threw for 357 yards, five touchdowns to five different receivers. Also rushed for another 100 yards. Um, Sean Adkins just is, he's just good. I think that's probably like there's no there's not even jokes to be made about it. he's just good now. Nine catches 89 yards and a touchdown. Um his touchdown was an absolute dart <laughs> from Byron Brown early in the game. Um the bad side Oh boy, this defense is atrocious. <laughs> and it is not great. And I think it may have broken Alex Goalish this week. Uh <laughs> if you guys listen to his press conference on Tuesday, you'll understand what we're talking about. And we will get into those comments on this episode of Pod by the Bay. Uh initial reaction, Seth, you've gone you you went through, there's bulls by the numbers on the Patreon. Um it, your initial reaction to this game. We knew Memphis, very good offense. We discussed it. They're a top-notch team. There's a reason why they're 7-2 and two now. Uh, but, boy, howdy did it. It was not fun to watch USF play defense.
2: Yeah, I don't think we thought it was going to be. Like, uh, I think my score prediction last week was 48-30. to 30, And I'm pretty sure we mentioned the possibility of a 50-burger. Well, guess what? It happened. Like it wasn't a a big shot. It's not like they haven't given up fifty six points twice to probably lesser offenses already. Right? Shape. So, um, not shocking. You're hoping like we talked about on the advanced stats preview on the Patreon, where you know turnovers got to cash in some of those. You actually uh, lost a turnover battle pretty decisively. Uh, you know, good field position from the turnovers, that too. Uh, It was like everything we thought they had to do to have a chance to win this game. They did not. Now, they did some good stuff for managing the clock like at the end of the half and then getting the two for one kind of there, um, kind of working that, you know, uh, blocked a punt, which is kind of like a turnover. It's, it's so, you know, the game was not too much different than we thought. You know, I thought they'd lose by 18. It was pretty close to that uh, to that final touchdown. So not too shocking. Uh, but yeah, I mean, seeing that many points in a game was, it's pretty shocking. I just looked at USS basketball schedule from last year. They won a game 59, 55. So <laughs> 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 you're getting pretty close in the football. So, uh, yeah, so that was it. That was, uh, it was a wild game. That's for sure. And, uh, a literal unforced error early to, to, uh, kind of put you down 14. Um
3: uh,
0: I that that oh,
2: that was unexpected.
0: I got flashbacks of the 1999 NFC championship game where uh, obviously my favorite quarterback of all time Sean King just goes and the ball's behind him and that was basically it outside of Brian Kelly getting absolutely roasted uh, on the outside for the actual game ending. A touchdown and oh, as always we must say it was a catch. Um that's just part and parcel for uh, being a Bucks fan. Um, Nick, did anything kind of stand out to you from Saturday, good and or bad?
1: No, I think Seth touched on it. Like, there's really nothing surprising. I mean, last week when I was on the show, I predicted, I think, somewhere like 41 to 28. So, obviously, both uh, offenses completely blew past that. But, I mean... Defense is what it is, and we knew that they're not going to be able to go <coughs> up against the likes of Blake Watson or Seth Hannigan or even the backup quarterback who comes in and throws an 80-yard bomb <laughs> cold his first play out there. Um, it just wasn't surprising. Um again, impressed by Byron, impressed by the offense there. I think they've been fine this year. mentioned Sean Atkins has been ball, like he's been balling out, but yeah, there's nothing really nothing really surprising like we predicted it defense is still ass like
3: it is what it is my guy uh, like it's it's not good um you know Tevin Carter it, it
0: was it was a 10 yard out and it turned into an 85 yard touchdown because the USF uh for the last 4 years has not been able to tackle air um so that's been the issue and I think you you kind of saw some permeations of
3: that in the press conference. And I think this this was last week didn't break Alex Golish. but boy, you could
0: tell his frustration uh on Tuesday during that press conference. Uh he may have said immaturity and not mature about 17 times. And it I mean, even post game, it took him everything not to say the F bomb like 40 times. Like it was um pretty pretty glaring and on Tuesday you know he mentioned you know he you know don't want it's not a direct quote but kind of paraphrasing here you know it's why you guys are seeing so many different combinations of players out there is because the immaturity level and uh, the question and you know the the guys aren't bought in there's some guys that still aren't bought in and the question that I put in our chat you know as we're prepping for the show um, tonight was how is it not and maybe it is and I, it's just a missed opportunity for a question how alarmed is Alex Colish that a team that has won four games in one season when a lot of the guys on the roster have not won four games in their entire history at of being at USF prior to this season how are they not bought into the process and it's that's the alarming thing. And it, Seth, you've kind of always talked about, you know, there's only so much coaching can do. And, you know, these are 18 to 22 year old kids. We get it. But at some point, like the X's and O's don't matter. It's about the Jimmies and the Joes. And USF has almost no Jimmys and or Joes on wow. defense.
2: Yeah, this was a real like uh, after the offseason of, you know, goalish kind of needling people being like yeah i've heard we've got the last ranked defense in the country this was kind of a welcome to the party pal moment for him (laughs) i think last week it's like hey man this is kind of why people were harping on it um i wonder if there was a little bit of you know all right we'll we'll get the bye week we'll get this stuff fixed then the first game out of the bye week you're like oh my gosh like (laughs) this is brutal so um yeah no it's i think it's There could be an element of not 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 being not in terms of just not being bought in, but like not understanding how to handle success too, because like that may be more of it with a team that hasn't won very much. Like just because you played a great game, you know, there's some guys that I don't know if this was directed at them, but you know, there was one guy in particular that I thought played like the best game of his career against UConn, and then he played four snaps against Memphis. So, like, is it uh, a case of not necessarily that you're not bought in, but just because you just played your best game, you still have to go get better. Like, you can't just keep doing the same stuff. You got to do more. You got to get, like, it could be kind of that type of thing where, like, having success in one game isn't good enough, right? You've got to keep going. And maybe that's the resistance where it could be better, but, or it could be better than last year or better than previous, but you can't stop, right? You've got to Mm -hmm. keep going and keep trying to improve and keep, you can't just settle for, you know, winning four games. And that may be kind of more of the issue in terms of being bought in. I think guys are probably bought in, right? They're doing, but it may be like not not buying into continually improving. You can't just be happy with four wins. If you want to make a bowl game, you got to keep going. So it might be more of that. Then like guys are just totally like whatever these guys don't know. I, I think they're probably in, but you know, how many times have they not been punished for bad habits or bad starts? They've been able to get away with it in some games. So yeah. being down I mean they were it's they like were, a joke. Being down 14, they 14-0. were able to get away with
0: it this week. They had a lead in the third quarter. They're yeah, being come, down 14 nothing all it's the like, way back. And yeah. it just it, it, it's like the bad start didn't even matter them right they what they it was what 42 35 at halftime or 35 20 28 they score to make it 35 all they hold them to a field goal which was good stop by the defense usf immediately goes down takes the lead 42 38 and then it Memphis rips off three straight touchdowns and the game's over yeah. um you're you're flying by the seat of your pants and we've uh, i think what goalish tried to harp on as well on the, in the Tuesday press conference was some of these guys, uh, their process is broken and there. He, he said, we don't want to be a results driven program, not to, like, pro we don't want to be results driven program. And uh, for the last 12 years, this every various iteration of this website and blog and everything has always been, we can live with good process, bad results because the good process will get you to where you want to be. And sometimes that happens, but bad process, good result is never, ever, ever sustainable. And I think that's what's not clicking with some of these guys who have been inconsistent. You know, Naeem Simmons has this Florida State record for most receiving yards in a single game and then just disappears for weeks on it. Granted, you know, he's coming up from FCS, all of that. Jalen Stokes, same thing. Daquan Evans has three sacks, attack, four tackles for loss against Alabama, and over the last five games, he has one tackle for loss. Now, that could be due to injury, but he has not been consistent. His tackling has not been great. Uh, DJ Gordon has clearly has not come back to form from basically the, a very traumatic event, and he's just not playing well, and I, I'll give him that, that. Whatever it was, it was enough to kind of get you out of sync, giving him a pass there. Mac Harris has kind of stepped in and been pretty good. But some of these guys, who Logan Berryhill, for example, up and down, where he had two interception game, he plays what 10 snaps starts, starts, plays 10 snaps or four. 10, snaps. Well, like no, it's, yeah, he's
2: yeah, no, he's that's right. I, I was earlier, I was the Jalen Stokes, he played 10 snaps. Uh, Hill started and played four snaps. Where,
0: where, where are we? What are we, what do we want to be? And that's the, that's gotta be the question inside each meeting room this week is where do we want to be? And who do we want to be going forward for these last three games where quite frankly, you're going to be favored in two out of the three of them. This temple line scares the bejesus out of me because it's dropped like seven points in the last (laughs) three days. Like that's pretty wild to me. Like it is something up, is something going on at the Leroy
3: Selman Center that we don't know about yet. We'll we'll find out on Saturday. But you you gotta win this game.
0: And you dangle the carrot of the ball game the extra practice. We've talked that we've we have talked about it, it seems like confirmed Alex Bullish is a uh pod by the bay listener because we have talked about for like the last month about how important those extra bowl game practices
3: are. And then he brings it up in his press conference. I, I'm just saying we're ahead of the curve. We know what we're talking about sometimes.
2: Yeah, I mean it may just be a common saying, but I I think uh probably got it from confirmed listener. List, Listen, yeah. Stuff.
3: Yeah. Um the
0: thing that, that kind of I wanted to broach, um, so Byron Brown, fantastic season so far. Um does he need like sandpaper? Like, does he need sandpaper's hands, or like, does he need the stuff that? Um, what's the guy's name from Replacements? The wide receiver Clifford Harris, Clifford, Clifford Washington. You'd stick him right. He, I, he needs a little bulletin call something, uh because it's it's pretty bad. Um, this team. Let's take a look, Gander, here real quick. This team fumbled four times on Saturday. They only lost one of them. That was the really bad one. Um, Byron fumbled twice. And uh, was it Mike Lofton recovered the second one? Uh, That could have been disastrous. Uh, But prior to um, last week, where they recovered three of their four fumbles, they don't recover fumbles. And and maybe that's just fumble luck. You know, it's an oblong ball, bounces weirdly. But prior to last week, they had lost eight of their 10 fumbles. And that's been an issue. Goalsh has talked about the fumbling issue. Matt Hill had a fumble uh, on kickoff uh, on Saturday. Like, it's it's not good. And Byron's responsible for five of those nine fumbles lost, uh, plus his, what, seven, five-ish interceptions? Seven interceptions. So 12 turnovers um, in 98. Uh, you can't really win that much, especially when your defense is playing so poorly. Like, you can't keep giving the opposing team short field after short field.
2: Yeah, USF is, uh, I'm not, let me find it exactly, but they're one of the worst teams in the country in terms of turning the ball over. And not just, like, turnover margin, like, total turnover. So, uh, that's something we track in the Bulls by the numbers. They are 105th in the country in turnovers. Crazy part is, they are 11th in the conference. Temple is worse so that's an interesting tidbit <laughs> oh gosh
3: it's yeah it's tough to be like it's
0: upsetting at how bad this defense is you know they've given up fifty plus fifty five plus points, let's not even we're not even gonna do, we're upping it to fifty five because each game has been over fifty five points They've given up 55 plus in three of the last four games, and then the one game they didn't in that span was against a UConn team that got absolutely decimated last week. So, like, and you, you, what you, you force like four or five turnovers, and Seth, you and I have talked about this all season. It seems like if this defense doesn't force turnovers, you're going to get blitzed, and it's pretty glaring when it happens. And you know, you
3: look back at some of the games, like maybe his offense isn't great and he gave up 30. Like oof.
2: Yeah, the the defense is designed to get turnovers and tackles for loss. They're tenth in the country and tackles for loss was seventy. And they are um kind of middle of the pack, I think, in turn in turnovers generated. So uh they are fifty fourth and turnovers caused on defense. So that's to offset that they're last in giving up explosive plays in the country. Like that, that's kind of not the design, but the hope is that uh, you tackles for loss, uh, makes it where you can get off the field on third down occasionally. And then the turnovers help you and you get the ball back to your really good offense. They go down and score and that's how you win games by outscoring people. So when the offense has not been, this is probably the first game where the offense has been really good and the defense was just way too bad. The other games, right. the defense was bad. The offense wasn't very good. So there wasn't a lot, they weren't getting a lot of help and they were getting the ball, you know, they're getting drives almost one after the other without a lot of time in between. But this was probably the first game where you, you got where the offense played well and the defense was just awful. So uh, not great going into the last part of the year, but, Memphis is also a really, really good offense. You're not going to see
1: mm-hmm.
2: one better probably the rest of the year.
1: Defense sunk to 132nd, dead last in SP+. So third straight year where you're trending towards being the worst defense in the entire country. Um, we touched, going back to that out, uh, press conference from Tuesday, um, yeah, like you mentioned, he's coming upon the realization that – we've had for, for like since he um since he like first got hired like dude it's a person it's just a simple personnel issue like this personnel is not fps quality it is not it's not you may have a few good players on this defense maybe but it's not fps quality and you went hard and he went hard last spring to you know in the portal and telling guys to beat it, get, get out certain guys. And once these, well, hopefully late December comes around after the bowl game and he gets to sit down and like really talk to these kids. Hopefully there's more of that because it ain't getting better until you have just straight up have new personnel. Straight up.
2: Well, the, the crazy part about it is if you look at the two deep, it's a lot of guys that are seniors or graduates. So you're going to have a lot of turnover after this year, kind of regardless. Now you might get even more than that with the portal. Um, but I don't know that <clears throat> seemingly that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, but it, it's, yeah, it's seen at this point, there's three different coordinators in a row that are all having about the same amount of success. Now this defense, it sounds weird, but this defense is better than the past two. Like when you look at things like success rate, they're 52nd in the country in success rate. They're 56th in the country in third down defense. The problem is they give up so many explosive plays that, like, your tackles for loss were your top 10 in that. It doesn't matter because first, second, and 15. So what? I'm going to hit a 40 yard pass. So it doesn't like second and 15 means nothing, right? They're still terrible in yards per play, 129th in the country. Um, and then explosive plays dead last available yards also starting to creep down to 108 but there has been some uh progression but they're just I don't know if it's just like it's hard to pinpoint is it like the back end guys just aren't up to snuff in coverage I mean is it just is it that like you just give up a ton of explosive plays mostly through the air I'd imagine
0: yeah um it's I mean it's a co- it's a combination of both and you know, in the game for it on saturday uh, someone mentioned like well you know u s f punted from uh the the Memphis like forty five or something like that like why why are you why are you punting they're gonna be there in a play and quite literally u s f punted <laughs> and Memphis on first down completed like a twenty five yard uh mm-hmm. passing play and it was right back to like the the net zero basically of a punt between one play um it's that's just what this defense is, and as you mentioned, this is a very upperclassman-heavy uh, defense. Um, and it seems like they haven't gotten much better. Uh, and for Alex Golish, he had—I think—he had to pick and choose how he attacked recruiting and the transfer portal in the off-season. He had to go get offensive of line, and there just weren't enough bodies, right? He had to go get wide receivers because there weren't enough bodies. And you have to replace an All-American running back. You just, you had to go do that. Uh, You had to bring in a a transfer quarterback because I think everybody kind of knew Gary was just not going to be ready. You need to bring a third guy in. You can only fix so many things in one off season. And he, and I think he figured and probably rightfully. So, um, well, I I mean, bit of coach them up. They can be better. Like, uh, you know, he he actually watched the game film from last season, so he, he must have seen some sort of talent, and it just did not work this year. And maybe it's you know Todd Orlando's scheme just doesn't fit the personnel, and there's too much of an adjustment between what Todd Orlando wants to run, and and Goldish even mentioned it in his press conference, like we're laying a foundation. You know, year one, even on defense, we're laying a foundation of the kind of defense we want to play. So you don't want to um, sacrifice some of that just because the talent level perhaps is not there.
2: I thought that like was something for the future. I thought that was a really insightful answer. I, <clears throat> and I think it's, you don't hear coaches talk about it too much, especially in year ones, but you know, that's something I've been preaching to people in, in like year ones, like um, you know, cause Florida just went through one. So people would ask me about it. But it's the, the goal she's going through Like, and Going all the way back to Kerwin's year one here, right? Kerwin could have shifted his scheme and try to do maximize and get to five or six wins that year or whatever. But, you know, he had a guaranteed contract. He thought he'd be here for a while. So he's trying to get in. This is what we need to do. And I need to see who cannot do it. Like, you know, you need to see, all right, I need to know after this year if this guy cannot do it because then I can go replace him. So, like they're, you know, their plan was go get five Juco offensive linemen, like, because they knew after the first year, these guys aren't going to be able to do what we need. Um, but goal, I thought Golish's answer today was, you know, really, really well, really well said in terms of the fine line you have to walk between trying to maximize your chances of winning games and also trying to maximize your chance, or I guess, maximize your chance of winning games year one versus maximize your chances of winning games long term, right? It's hard that sometimes that can be because I could change my off. Like he could maybe change his offense to slow it down a little more, help out the defense, do different things. But that's not how he wants to play in year three. So he's got to know who can play like this right now. Defensively, same thing. You could change up. Maybe you could go to like a play cover four all the time and just keep everything underneath you and uh, make people slowly kill you down the field. But that's not how you want to play going forward so you need to see who can do it Uh, especially in year one where you have a little bit of grace um so i thought that was a really insightful answer and if you didn't hear it it's about like 17 minutes into the press conference um it's a really really good answer just from a coaching perspective on like that line you have to walk early in a tenure like do you try to just maximize winning immediately or do you get your foundation schematically in this is what we're about this is what we do and we just got to make do. And I think that's what they're doing. I think that's the right way to do it too. I agree. Um,
0: And uh, before we get out of here, uh, Nick, any kind of final thoughts that you're, you're looking toward temple, not going to be on the advanced stat show uh, with Seth and I, but looking toward temple, what, what do you want to see from, from this team uh, that the last, you know, three weeks of, you know, starting with Saturday?
1: Um, just prove that you can just cut down the explosive plays, man. Like, I mean, that's basically, that's basically it. It seems like the offense is getting towards like a decent level of consistency, you know, fumbles aside, turnovers aside. I mean, that was a pretty good effort all around, especially from Byron, from Sean, like we mentioned before, but I mean, defensively, it's like, listen, man, you're not, we know that this defense is going to be perfect and it's not going to be perfect. We know that they're going to, you know, they're prone to giving up explosive plays, but just, can you like, not, not on every single drive, man, or every other drive, man. Like just, just get some damn, like, just get some damn stops. That's, like it's simple as that. That's, that's it, man. You're playing EJ. You're playing EJ Warner. I know like we're looking at this. It's like a, game that we're favored in but again this is the same tip we said the same thing last year and this temple team shredded us like ej warner looked like his dad so can you like at least get some pressure and like make this kid uncomfortable if you can then this should be an easy victory if not you're gonna sweat it out
3: absolutely and with that we'll wrap up this edition of pie by the bay we making picks. do you want to
2: I, I yeah, I think we might as well, right? We're here.
3: I'll go I'll go
0: first and y'all can y'all can go uh from there. Uh bulls by twenty four. Uh I trust this offense can light up this temple defense. Um and uh temple likes to turn the ball over. So
2: yeah. I I I'm not quite as bullish but i also bullish. But I'll say uh I'll say USF by double digits. I really you're getting a lot of action on Temple because Warner is back. But like you mentioned, he turns – his last five games he's thrown – or his last – yeah, five games he's thrown five picks. He threw two picks last week against Navy. He throws interceptions, and Temple is, like we mentioned, the worst <coughs> team in turnovers. Now, some of that – can't factor that totally in, but the Temple defense is just as bad, if not worse. And I think they've played a much lighter schedule than uh, USF has in terms of kind of – strength of schedule so yeah i think usf should win this one should be going away but i think we're going to see a high scoring game regardless over under 67 i think we're probably over that but i I like usf to win like a rice type game
1: yeah i think the over just catches i think i think this is going to be usf 38 temple 31 I, i i gotta i gotta see it i gotta see it before i can like call call things like blowouts or easy victories. I think I think they'll sweat this. I think they'll sweat this one out, but they'll be kind of similar to Yukon game. They'll be able to make a few plays towards the end to establish enough cushion to get this one out.
3: Perfect. There you go. Dubs all around. Let's go let's go get one more win. Let's go one and this week. One step closer to a bowl game. With that, thanks for tuning in. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Bulls.